Today, we grab our pens and paper and head to the galaxy to find an epic tavern all before we can be framed. This and more on episode 135 of Indie Game Riots. I am proud of you. Good first, good first one. This is Josh, and I'm here with the one and only, well, not really the one and only, but the one that we have, Eric Hunter. Is that me? <laughs> I am we've one did, and all. We've discussed that there are other Eric Hunters out there. But not other Eric M. Hunters. And there probably are. There are. There's many of us. Yeah. So, you're, you're not. You may my be a mommy snowflake, but you're not a snowflake. wipe my butt and pat me on the head and tell me I was special. Was that like last week? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was last week. Are you jealous? I mean, yeah, I wish someone would wipe my ass. I'm tired of it. Try to wipe in your own ass. I can wipe my own ass every time. The movie is terrible. <laughs> People need to stop quoting. I wasn't a huge fan Big of Daddy. It. I wasn't oh, a huge fan. It's garbage movie. You know what? Out of those movies, this is going off track. But out of those movies uh, that everyone hates from him. That I actually like is uh, Little Nicky. Oh, I like Little Nicky. Okay, well, I'm glad because I think people are like, that's such a stupid movie. I laughed. Oh, it is stupid. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's dumb. I appreciated it. I, I think mean, Anger Management might be my favorite. That's pretty good. Yeah, that one's not too bad. And then I'm know. talking like post 90s. Post Happy Gilmore yeah. and. Um, uh, Billy Madison, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he decided that he needed to actually be an, a, like a, a legit actor if he wanted to make any money. Apparently, yep. So, uh, so anyway, we are talking about uh, Galaxy of Pen and Paper, Epic Tavern, Framed Two. Talking about indies on consoles, but first, how has your week been? It's uh, it's been busy. Yeah, I'm now saddled with a lot of work now that I'm part of IGR. It's, it's great. Again, pushing yeah, as soon as you joined the team, I was just like, here's everything. I'm going to just sit here. Just taking a huge dump on me. I don't see my wife and kids anymore. Um, like, literally, I, I keep him in the basement. That, yeah, shackled. The, the, the scene behind him is actually like a faux backdrop. Right, it's just a, it's just a, it's a photograph that Under, they blew up. If you were to pan the camera down, uh, you would just see his piss and shit bucket. You're going to get whipped. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been good. Uh, Work's been busy and uh, working on videos and stuff for the site. So it's it's good. It's good. Nice. I'm excited to see the thing. And because of this, uh, we've talked about it before about um, doing like a weekly rundown kind of thing uh, for for indie games. And um, it was like one of our goals on Patreon. So now I'm going to find another goal for that tier. But anyway, uh, because he's doing that, uh, we don't need to fund it anymore. Because the whole point was like, well, we got to pay someone to have the time to do that. Right. But Eric said he's able to. So that's cool. Thank yeah. you, Eric. Shouldn't be terrible. 
You gotta get um, some of your reviews up on there too that you've done. Yeah, so I've decided that any review I do now is just gonna go straight to the IGR. Nice. It just makes it easier. Um, well, uh, but no, one, it's uh, it's good. The, the last one you did, I was thinking if you wanted to, we could put that up. I, even though it was before you actually officially joined, um, but we could put it. Oh, up. yeah, you can just you change the bumpers if you want. Uh, well, I mean, I, I could even just I, I don't mind it saying Eric. You know, I am Eric. Um, we could to keep it on like on brand. We could just fade out onto the indie game riot uh, end card or something. Sure, whatever. Anyway, why not? Meta stuff. <sighs> Business uh, stuff. Yeah, my week's been pretty busy. I, I was again with the last minute. Oh, what have stuff. you been doing? Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for asking. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you cared enough. Now to that ask. is a segue. <laughs> uh, it's just been super busy with um, like appointments and stuff like that. I, I have like appointments for like three weeks straight on between kids and myself and my wife and all that stuff and today uh i had to take my son to the eye doctor okay and uh he is apparently going to need glasses okay i i mean i wear glasses i i don't know why i feel so bad about it because he's going to need them for the rest of his life right so i mean I, i i for some reason i just feel bad about it like it's almost like he has like some sort of disability now. I don't know why. I feel that way. It's weird. Like I like I like oh, cause I for me the glasses are like a nuisance. I'm like ugh, I wish. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I mean. And now he's yeah. gonna have to deal with it for longer than I ever had to. I got mine in eighth grade. He's freaking three years old. You know. So I, I kind of feel. Although he is actually excited because he doesn't really understand that his eyes are jacked. Um. Because he has a uh, stigmatism in both eyes. Gotcha. So, and apparently there's like this, uh, I don't know, they call them steps, which I guess is like how they test for stigmatisms in, in kids. Because mm. um, they can't do like normal eye tests and everything. So they have to do special tests on them um, because they're too young. And apparently like if you, if you score three, then they start considering glasses for you. He, he, his one eye scored a seven. And his other eye scored a 12. Damn. I don't know how that is in um, comparison. Like, I don't sounds, know, like... Sounds bad. How how big that range is, but I don't know. I just feel bad. You're like, but, look, I mean, you know, it's... You know, we just close I, out of that real It quick. could be worse, because I've seen kids with, like, some Coke bottle glasses at that age. He's just going to need some regular glasses. Right. Well, I mean... Uh, and then when he gets older, he can get contacts if he wants. If he feels, I mean, he, I wear. I've been wearing glasses and contacts since I was like in the sixth grade. So I mean, it's. Yeah. I can't wear contacts personally because I have small eyes. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all the things. Yeah. Well, so what I makes really, you stand out and unique? I've got really small eyes. I I have a really hard time getting contacts into my into my eyes, and the doctor even says like, I don't know if it's gonna work for you because you just you have small eyes. He was kind of a dick too, and he was mad because I couldn't do the um, the eye puff test where they blow air in your eye. For oh yeah, glaucoma, whatever that does. And I, I I hate that's the other problem is that even if I had big enough eyes, uh, I hate things going near my eyeball. Right. It just bothers me. It's like, ugh, I don't like it. People that can touch your eye, I'm like, ugh. So, uh, but he has nice big. Round. He got his eyes from from my wife, so he he will be able to to do it fine. Good. Gets older. Good. Yeah. Good. 
What? What are you shaking your head for? No, I just think it's funny. As well. Why do you think it's funny? I have small eyes. Yeah, I think. It's... <laughs> well, the Did, other thing I too didn't know is... that could be a thing. The other thing, too, is, and I'm going to say something that's going to make you not look at me the same for the rest of your life, is, if, if you didn't already notice, is that I have very light-colored eyebrows. Okay. So, a lot of times it looks like I don't have eyebrows, <laughs> because they're so blonde. Sure. Uh, so, the fact that I wear glasses actually kind of, like, frames my my eyes. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Since, you know, my, my eyebrows are so light-colored. So, wow. it's actually kind of nice I have glasses because when i take them off i look different weird it's just riveting stuff yeah this is what indie game riot's all about <laughs> that's man. right uh you know uh, what else is riveting that's, that's, <laughs> uh is um i forgot i already forgot what we were doing here <laughs> taking indie, indie news injection okay. are you bored with the same old games yeah why then give yourself an indie news injection thanks indie games this week on Any News Injection, uh, not a whole lot of news. We are going to talk about um, basically indie indie games on consoles. First, so I guess the, this would be news because we're going to be talking about like what there's a, just a shit ton of games coming out for the Nintendo Switch. We call them Nindies. That is the term I've been here. I've, I've heard being they copyrighted it. Slung, have they? Yeah, I, it's, I, that's that's I don't blame TM'd, them. baby. I don't blame them. I now we're going to have to pay them. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. I totally um, forgot. It's your fault. So, <laughs> but that's that's the term that's being uh, slung around as nindies for for games going on there, and uh, a bunch of games coming out for there. The most notable probably Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm not doing my job right here. There's no? the no. Nintendo Switch logo for you. And uh, what other other than that? What other games have you been like? Ooh. I'm going to get that on the Switch. Do you have a Switch? Uh, so I do have a Switch, uh, and there's a really good reason that I haven't played my Switch, and it's mainly because there are so many games on the Switch that I want to play. So it's... <laughs> You're for those... Wrong. Well, it's... I just don't have the money. It's a problem. Um, so there's so there's been a weird kind of lull uh, in the release of the Switch. So when the Switch first came out, like the game, the only game to play was the new Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's what everybody was playing. Uh, and then they kept teasing like the new Mario game, the new Mario game, and then a couple other games came out, and then there really wasn't anything to play except for a shitload of uh, indie games, and a lot of them were kind of like rehashes. So um, you saw a lot of games that had been released either maybe on the Wii U or just on Steam or um, Humble Bundle or whatever you want to call them, and now they're seeing kind of a resurgence on the on the. Uh, the Nintendo Switch with like it seems like I, from what I've heard from from devs is that the Nintendo has finally made it easy, um, easy to, to to port to the Switch because it used to be I guess a pain in the ass for the Wii yeah. and the Wii U, yep. and and they finally made it um, user friendly and they've been very supportive I guess uh, recently because it, it seemed like for a long time that Nintendo just used to be like you're an indie. Mm. Why right. don't you uh, suck on our ass and uh, fuck off? Weird. Basically. Weird. Um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it, it's always... Uh, so their uh, submission process is, like, super streamlined, and they actually have, like, a whole department now that's dedicated to kind of helping out indie developers port their game onto the Switch. Uh, the Switch is basically backwards compatible with Unity. 
Um, so it like runs Unity 3D out of the box. So if your game is built on Unity or any form of Unity or C Sharp, is that Unity C Sharp? Yeah, I can't C remember. Um, then like the switch is, you know, it's you flip a switch. Oh, and oh. it's ready to go. Um, but it's seen. Uh, I'm just like slowly going through the list right now. Um, well, I, I noticed so, Flame in the Flood. Flame in the Flood. Yep. Good one. Um, Spelunky's, Spelunky's on there. Uh, yep. The party what version. The fuck um, is that? It's the I old. That. It's the old slash new version that Spelunky was ba- originally based on. That's uh like, like the way back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, Party Golf Rhyme. is coming out next week. I see Rhyme. Uh, Rhyme's coming out. Um, do, 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 do. What was the other big one that was announced? Um, oh. Um, Lumo. Lumo is pretty decent, too. Um, what's his name? Uh, Mutant Muds. Uh, that's uh, they, that dev is bringing out his games. Uh, but it's got Cave Story on it. It's got... Um, uh, Sonic Mania, which some consider to be an indie game, I think I would. I would. Yeah, I mean, no. you know, no, you don't think so. No. Uh, Golf Stories on there. You've got um, uh, McMillan's game, uh, Edmund McMillan. Um, the new one or or, or uh, both? Binding yeah, it's got Binding of Isaac, uh, the Afterbirth Plus, and it has um, what's his new one called? The uh, 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 Super Meat Boy two point zero, two and a half, something. Uh, um, it's a third. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember, remember what it's called. Um, so it's it's interesting because to me, you know, having a one year old and never really having time to sit down in front of a TV or my computer to play games, but having something that's portable that I can play games on, like I I am going to buy rebuy games that I have already purchased on Steam just so I can have it portable with my Switch to play. Mm-hmm. Just so I can play those games again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got Cave Story, but I would love to play Cave Story again, especially in a handheld. So, um... I think that's probably the biggest thing, is people like it on the handheld. I mean, you can go take a shit and yeah. play your indie game, right? Why not? Oh, I mean, I would... I would my legs would fall off from going numb if I were to go take a shit and play Because uh, you'd just Valley. be sitting there? Yeah. I'd spend so much time. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff coming out for Nintendo Switch. I wanted to know, uh, for discussion, I want to know your thoughts on uh, how indies have been growing on consoles recently. Um, Xbox, even though they shut down Xbox Live Arcade, uh, has been seeming to make a push to publish more uh, indies. And, and you know, they still, outside of publishing, they're still accepting indies on their store. Um, PS4, right. Play, PlayStation Network obviously has a ton of indies on their uh, on their platform. What's your what's your take on that? Do you think do you think because it used to seem like consoles were resistant to indie games, and right. now they were like, oh shit, we can actually make money. Well, so it was, it was a quality thing, right? Um, they were worried about the quality of the game, and yet there's um, some utter garbage <laughs> that. That, that is on the marketplace, especially on PlayStation. We, yeah. we talked about that. I, I forget if you're on that show or not, but we talked about that a few weeks ago. It was like a couple months ago, I think. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. it's uh, Well, it's because, like, uh, I think I had mentioned it before, but, um, like, Sony and their PlayStation marketplace, they have no sort of, like, early access or beta program. 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like they're paying, they're charging full pop for games that are still in like beta access. Well, it seems like, I mean, what it seems like is that they don't have a, they don't have a a barrier for shit. Um, It's just, you You mean like like curation? Yeah. Curation. As long as you can afford the fee, which is what, like 2,500 bucks or something. Um, Mm. As long as you can afford the fee, which I guess in itself would keep out a lot of shovelware, but at the same time, uh, you know, they've featured on their, like, YouTube channel games that were just almost unplayable. That's how trashy they were. Right. So, I don't know. It, but I, do you think do you think that is just... And you, this could be different for different for different companies. But do you think that they're just trying to cash in, or do you think? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, they're they're trying to cash in on the the quote unquote craze, because craze. I honestly think that they don't see uh, the indie gaming community as being um, some you know a foothold. I don't think they see it as it being on solid ground. Uh, um, I think when they decided to put like Super Meat Boy uh, and Braid and saw what the return on investment was and they were like okay this is there's a viable market here but we need to be cautious because we want to make sure we don't taint the marketplace uh we don't want to taint the name of microsoft you know yeah because uh, there is a lot of shovelware and shit out there um i think what they're doing now is they're doing they're doing two things um especially well microsoft specifically what i think they're trying to do is they're trying to find games that will turn big profits quickly and then they're going to take those developers and then just meld them into Microsoft or to whatever second party they want to push them so off you to. So think, you think Studio MDHR, who made Cuphead, you think they're going to try and recruit them into Microsoft? And and, and that's another thing, I, interestingly, especially since Microsoft makes their own games um, right. as well, which I guess Sony kind of does because, I mean, Naughty Dog is almost like that, yeah. essentially. It's like a second party to Sony. Yeah, um, but it's it's interesting because a, a lot of larger de- developers slash publishers do that too. With like uh, Ubisoft made what's that Valiant Hearts? Um, oh yeah, and Square Enix did that one. I can't think of things. Uh, the the the. The stupid describe the game. The girl that the girl that takes pictures. Life is strange. Yeah, life is strange. Thank you. Uh, those are technically indie, but not really because right. So that's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna take these developers and they're gonna spin them off into these these tight ten to fifteen group uh, teams, and, and they're gonna out. give them half a million dollars and say make something that can quadruple this number. Make Cuphead two. Twelve months. Yeah. Well, no, they'll. Cuphead 2 will just go to some no-name development team that just churns out shit because all they're going to do is take all of those assets and just recreate everything and make it harder and make things just a little bit different. They're just going to keep pumping out sequels. I'll probably make it um, easier. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah. So, by the way, I was watching some of that gameplay on uh, Inevitorious Channel um, last night because I don't know if I mentioned that live on here. For those who listen to recorded version, Inevitorious in our chat. He streams. Anyway, I was watching that gameplay... And that shit is rough. Like yep. We talked about how hard that was. Holy damn! It's a hard game. Some, some of those, some of those bosses. I, I ooh. There's this yeah, one it's... that's in like a junkyard with a robot. I, I don't think he ever beat that yet. <laughs> I don't know. I, 
I and we there was kind of a discussion going on in his chat about um, how it's just not for certain people. But at yeah. the same time, but again, we mentioned and not to go into it because we talked about this last week, but like right, the whole yeah. simple mode bullshit. Well, it becomes one of those things where it's like, man, have you played Cuphead? And they're like, yeah, I heard it's really hard. Like, no, you need to play it. You need to know how hard it is. I mean, yes. they're going to get sales just because of that, you know? Yeah, um, Dark Souls type thing. Right. Um, so, with Nintendo, I mean, I okay, so yeah, they're cashing in. But it seems like Nintendo is at least going about this the right way. They kind of, like, ease themselves into it with the Switch, starting with, like, snipper clips. Right. Um, which is fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they ease themselves into it. And, but they're also doing it the right way as far as, like, supporting the devs and making it easy for them to develop for the Switch. Whereas, we mentioned PlayStation just kind of like, hey, if you can afford us, sure, welcome on. I right. don't care about the quality of your game. I don't know. I have the least experience with Xbox. Um, excuse the drag race. But <laughs> I have the least experience with the Xbox, so I don't know how it feels like their games are outside of like Cuphead because that's the only one I've really that's been exclusive to Xbox I really gave a damn about I think recently right so um, do you do you think that they're at least kind of handling it well now taking it in the right direction for indies do you think it's going to eventually die off and like their their love it will eventually turn to um to just indifference for for indie developers and they're gonna go back to their old talking about microsoft or nintendo anyone anyone really uh i think microsoft's gonna continue to do what they have been doing and what they do as a company which is they find good talent and then they exploit it and then they burn and turn it um nintendo is a different beast so nintendo and i hear people complain about this shit all the time where it's like Nintendo's never going to be, um, uh, you know, a, a viable option when it comes to console gaming because the, you know, Microsoft and Sony and blah blah blah. It's like Nintendo is not a hardware manufacturer. They solely work on their own IPs. Like they wouldn't exist as a company if they didn't have Zelda, if they didn't have Mario or Metroid or anything like that. So I feel that since they have that sort of mindset of, well, if we're going to sell consoles, if we're, we need to sell games, it's, we need to sell our IPs, they want to find other games out there that fit that that demographic of a Nintendo IP. And, and I feel like they're going to be a little bit more... They kind of did uh, that with Shovel Knight, because, I mean, Shovel Knight's been brought into the fold. Shit, yeah. I mean, they when made you've a got an Amiibo, amiibo yeah. yeah, when you have an Amiibo, then Nintendo's, you know, they've got their arm around you, and you've pretty much got whatever you want. But, uh, so, Shovel Knight's a perfect example of that. Like, it's, it's if you go back and you play, like, one of the things that Nintendo's great about is accessibility. Um, and it's one of the things that I, I constantly talk about is... Building the game, um, not starting with um, what it looks like or what the story is, but how it plays. Like how the connection between the person playing the game and and the reaction on screen, that connection. That's now uh, Nintendo builds games. Like when they were creating uh, Mario 64, um, they didn't worry about the controller. They didn't worry about what Mario was going to look like. They wanted to know how he was going to feel on screen and how they could telegraph that to a controller. Then they built the game around it, um, and they have yet to let that idea go. Like they, there's been some hiccups, like um, 
the one that comes up all the time is like Super Mario Sunshine, where it was like, okay, we've got 18 months to pump out this game, so let's pump it out. A lot of people the, like that game, though. Yeah, and people are idiots, Josh. <laughs> um, but I feel that with Nintendo looking at these indie devs and these indie games, they're looking at it the exact same way. They are looking at developers who are taking the accessibility as the forefront of creating their game and they're seeing how attractive it is to a, a grander audience and not a specific audience because they have that audience already so they're trying to find more of that into a hold i feel like at the end of the day again nintendo will win out because they realize that it's about the games it's not about how how many megapixels or how many polygons or how many you know dots per square inch and that kind of thing it's all about the experience of playing the game how much fun you have or how little fun do you have and how connected you are to that game and to that IP, not about it's how kinda, you get there. It's kind of interesting because it felt like PlayStation was the first console to really embrace the indie game <clears throat> market. Um, <laughs> oh, inventory was just timed out in chat. Uh, I really got to work on Nightbot. Sorry, man. It's not nothing personal. <laughs> Nightbot's like kind of sensitive. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, the... Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. PlayStation was the first one to really um, take in indies as a marketplace, it seemed like to me. But they're also the ones that give the least shit about them at this point. Well, and I think a lot of that, it, I mean, I think a lot of that's on the face of it, too, because if you look at... Um, or have there been any PlayStation exclusive indies? I, I can't think of any. Uh, like they don't, well, they're not, they're not, they're not um, actively going out. Well, I mean, exclusive to just them. No. Um, with the exception of, uh, what's that game that everybody loves that <laughs> I haven't really played cause I don't care to play it. Which one? Uh, the RPG, um, that's based off of earthbound. What's the name of that game? Which one? Right? There are a lot of games that base themselves um, on Earth. Oh my God! What is the name of it? Well, why are you why are you thinking of that? Another. I wanted to bring up another point. And by the way, Inevitory earlier had said something about um, he felt the Wii U was an untapped gold mine. Yes, uh, for indie games. And absolutely, it, it was, and that's the same but reason. Nobody that was Switch playing is, Wii U, which it's kind of like. Yeah, it was the same reason that Switch is a gold mine for indies. But but yeah, no one played the Wii U, and they made it hard to develop for. So it was kind right. of a disappointment, but. They, uh, they bounce back. The other thing, you would have thought that Nintendo would have been one of the first, if not the first, to embrace indies. Because when you, th you mentioned, like, that's not Earthbound. Yeah, it is. Undertale's not. That's, he... Am I thinking of the wrong thing? I don't I mean, Undertale, yeah, what's his, uh, Toby Fox created, he basically started Earthbound, or Undertale from an Earthbound mod. Maybe I'm thinking the wrong thing. You're thinking the wrong thing. Probably. It's okay. But uh, anyway. what I was saying is that, um, like, Pokemon. Because you mentioned, like, them working on only on their own IPs. Right. Pokemon was an indie. It was, it was made by... Oh, the, yeah, the, definitely. Game Freak was an indie company. Yeah. That, po that Nintendo was like, this is cool. Let's bring you in. And, you know, obviously that was back in the 90s. But it was the same thing. You know, they, they did that. Um, and you thought that... It, it, now they're doing it with games like Shovel Knight and stuff like that. Obviously, it's not exclusive to Nintendo, but the point sure. is that people they now took it to the next level with Nintendo. They're not just yeah. releasing a game. They're, they're you would have thought that they would have been one of the first to do that because it, it right. just matches their whole style 
of yeah brand. I mean, it's I still you know I still feel like indie games haven't really peaked yet. I still feel like that's their you know at the end of the day they're still an untapped market. Will they peak? Uh, yeah, everything peaks. It's the rebound is what uh, is going to be more interesting. So like Undertale's on PlayStation Four and PS Vita. So like I know they went after Toby Fox and was like, hey, we we want this game on our console because he swore up and down that there's no way this game would be ported. And I'm like, yeah, just wait till somebody with enough money comes to you and says, hey, we want to we want to port this. Then you're gonna yeah, they drop throw, your pants. They throw six seven figures at you. Sure, yes. which is whatever. Although um, he made the dude made seven figures off of it. <laughs> oh, I would hope so. Jesus, yeah. um, just the lore alone is worth the money. I'm not a fan of the game actually. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I've never played it. Um, I've watched people play it on like Let's Plays on YouTube's, and I've read a lot of like literature about it, and a lot of um, um, just fan theories and stuff like that. And like I've had my fill. I'm like, yeah, the the fandom is is a little obnoxious, but I and when I say I'm not a fan of it, like I I don't. It's not that I don't acknowledge Toby Fox to be a good developer because he did that shit all by himself. Yep. Um, with and, a, like a two thousand dollar Kickstarter, and obviously like it was successful. I just personally don't like the game. I I don't. It's not my kind of thing. So <laughs> anyway, uh, is there anything else that we want to mention for consoles and indies? Can you think of anything? Um, I think um, as an indie developer, I don't think you can shy away from consoles. Um, I don't think you should turn a blind eye to them. I think it's a viable marketplace. There, there are some games that I don't like being ported to console. Um, a lot of times for like control, sure. just because of control schemes. Uh, it's just there are some games that just do not oh, do yeah, well totally. on consoles. So, you know, don't automatically throw your game onto a console, but definitely definitely think about it. it right. It's it's yeah. worth it's worth the investment, I would say. And a lot of times you can f- probably find someone to do the porting for you if you have trouble with that because I know a lot of people uh, that's the hard part is is getting it over onto there. Right. So, uh, speaking of getting over onto something, uh, let's get over onto starting the riot. This week on Starting the Riot, we are talking about Galaxy of Pen and Paper uh, by Behold Studios. If you don't know Galaxy of Pen and Paper, that's okay. It just released. However, uh, you might know uh, Knights of Pen and Paper, I think it was called. Yes. <clears throat> that they made, and I think they made a second one of that too. This Plus is one. the same company. Um, and the whole thing. Is, what the fuck? Really, you gotta do some stupid shit on YouTube. Anyway, whoever's YouTube, the, the guy whose YouTube video this is, put weird shit up on the screen. Anyway, uh, the point is, is that you are playing a tabletop game without the tabletop. In this case, uh, you're actually playing it through a computer on your computer. It's very meta like that, and uh, you are a party of either humans, green man or green person, uh, and another thing because <laughs> I didn't play that. Uh, the other race, so I forget what it is. And you essentially play uh, like you would a tabletop RPG. You go through, uh, you actually have a DM who's telling you the story, you go through different locations, you get quests, and you can upgrade your abilities, you level up, and um, you do. it's turn-based com- combat, is what I'm trying to say. 
when you get into fights, you can respond to people different ways, just like you would in a tabletop RPG. Obviously, it's not as like open as an actual tabletop RPG, but it seems right. like a simplified version of it, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm assuming you played Knights of Pen and Paper since you. Yes. Well, I've, I've played D and D too. So. It's... Oh yeah. We could have played uh, D and D sometime, Eric. Come on. I mean, we can. Yeah, we should do it. Gonna do a Ghostbusters soon. Really? Um. Yeah. I've never played anything outside of like D and D. Oh really? Um. Yeah. There's. I mean, God, man, you pick anything. There's. There's a. I, I want to play. There's a D and D variant of it. I so. wanted to play like Cthulhu stuff, but anyway. Uh, we can talk later. I'm actually yeah, working yeah. on a world. So, um, no. So, Knights of Pen and Paper, which I'm assuming is basically just this is going to be the the sci-fi modern version of Knights, which was the fantasy D and D version of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I really liked about the game was the you can give pluses to your your characters outside of the game by things that you do outside of the game. So, uh, one of them was like if you wear like a particular hat. Your oh, character yeah. in game can get a plus one for, you know, uh, enduring the elements. Or so in this case, because you mentioned that in this case for Gallic, you haven't played this one, right? No, I have not. Okay. In this one, it, it's not so much the hats, at least not as far as I've gotten. But you can get things that actually get put on the table, like on the right. desk there. Yeah, um, like drinks or like there was like a little statuette of the first boss that you encounter. And because of that, you can it, it like give it gives you more damage versus I don't know big people whatever or like that. The whole point is I, yeah that <laughs> I I personally enjoy the the humor in the writing. Um, it's not like super. I wouldn't say it's like making me roll on the ground laughing or anything like that, but uh, it's it, tongue in cheek. Yeah, tongue in cheek, and sure. um, it, it kind of. It's interesting too because you mentioned things that happen outside of the actual like RPG that you're playing in the game because it gets meta. You're playing a game with a game in it, right? Um, but the, like it'll break that. Would you call it a fourth wall? Because it's not breaking the fourth wall with you necessarily, but it's breaking like the game. In no, the it's game. the it's the meta. It's meta. Yeah, it's breaking the sure. it's breaking yeah. the meta of the game, and yeah. it, it, like it'll pop out and like the guy the the DM's mom will like pop in every once in a while, like, "Hey, I made you food." That sort of thing. Right. Uh, or he'll give fun. you tips like, hey, by the way, this one's susceptible to fire, but you didn't hear that from me, blah, blah, blah. Right. And there's like yeah. a, little, um, it's a little bit of satire when it comes to, to these tabletop games, too. And it's um, when you're fighting uh, some of the some of the uh, enemies or meeting the characters, they kind of like act stereotypically, but in, in a very self-aware way. Right. Which is uh, interesting in itself. Um, one th- the mechanic that that I'm still not sure how I feel about. It. I mean, it's not that I don't like it, but I don't know if I ever want to use it because I hate grinding. Is the fact that you can make a battle for yourself, an encounter for yourself at any point. Oh, interesting. So you know, if obviously there's quest lines that you you go through. Um, there's different kinds of quests. There's a story quest. There's like these side quests where you can intercept spaceships. Uh, for people or you can go hunt down like a bounty hunter type mission um, that sort of stuff but then if you feel like you just want to start leveling up and grind you can just anytime uh, out of the characters that you've out of the encounters that you've already had just start putting in enemies and you're seeing on screen now actually how you know you can add different 
kinds of enemies and depending on what kind and how many that you put in it raises the difficulty the more that you put in the more uh, gold you might get or XP you might get some loot if you put it all the way up on the most difficulty and, it, and you do get your ass kicked you have to really think about how you're gonna do that um, a lot of the missions too like you need to defeat a certain amount of different kinds of enemies so in this case you might need to defeat two of those guys in the hood and one of those guys with, that are all tarry lava looking um, but those lava guys are really hard so you might not want to do it all at once because you might get your ass kicked and if you lose and you start over your um, that particular encounter and you also lose money because you have to go get healed <clears throat> and the money you know that you could use to buy items and upgrades or whatever so you might need to split up that quest the encounter between like one tar guy and one guy in the hood and then do the last one in a different encounter so you can split them up like that to make it easier but then you get less reward interesting um is that different from knights of pen and paper man i don't remember that feature um being in the game or not i, I think I, I just played the story mode i never got a chance to play the the i did i, I played knights of pen and paper on mobile version but that's a lot different from this well uh, right because it's the free version of it so um but yeah the real question is going to be is if they if they flub the numbers the dm flubs the numbers i wouldn't be surprised it's, that would be the interesting thing because like there's been a couple of, there's been at well there's more than a, a number a handful of times where it's like okay like the difficulty to do this is 17 but you rolled a 15 so you failed but if you would have pulled it off, it would have been really cool for the story. So I'm going to flub it down to 15 to say you hit it. So we could just say you did something really badass. Like that would be cool if there was some sort of like back end mechanic built in so that. But it, that would be cool. But I'm not sure if there's like the capability of doing something like worth worthwhile to make that happen. You know what I mean? Because like in a, a tabletop, you know, D&D or something like that, you do that. And yeah, there's more role playing than just yeah, and dice. there's there's it's much more open, so you can, like literally anything can happen. Whereas this is like you fight back and forth. So I don't True. know if something cool in that sense would would actually happen, where it would should get flubbed in that case for for story's sake. But anyway, interesting. Um, the, the other thing that's kind of weird to me is, I mean, I haven't. I would assume that your your party would grow past two characters. Uh, it did with? in nights. You, I, I you'd, you'd meet people along the way, and then you would choose to to bring them on or not to see if like because th th there was uh, at least from one of the characters in nights, it was like, oh, this character's got a really high dexterity, so they're going to be really quick to attack, but they're also kind of lazy, so they might not just decide they don't want to attack. So it's like, right. oh <clears> man, <throat> do I really want to pick this guy up? Because so, but yeah, I mean, it. I think I ended up with like a party of five at the end. Party of five, hunter. Good party show. Of five. It's a good show. Um, so I, I haven't gotten that far yet where I actually picked someone up. And I played for a while. So I, I, I'm not sure how long this game is. But I, I played for a decent amount of time. And I, I still it's haven't picked anyone ever. up. And uh, the, the other thing is with the abilities, I feel like there's not enough. Because you only have like a certain amount of slots that you can put abilities in. Right. And to this point, I haven't found a reason to like switch out of from what I have. Because you, you purchase the ones oh, that you want, you and then you put them in, in, like, you have, like, two slots available. And you purchase the ones that you want, and you put them in there. But there's other ones that you could use, 
but they're not as good, but you could still use them on occasion, but there's not enough space to put them in there, so it's like, well, I'm not going to use them then. And it just never changes. I don't mm. know if I haven't played far enough, obviously, since I haven't gotten to the point where I could expand my party or anything like that, but um, it, you know, I don't know if there's an option to get more slots. But I wish there was. Like, I wish I, I had more options to, to do different stuff. I mean, I would think that there would be. It'd be silly if there wasn't. But I guess if you have more party members, then, you know, you would just push them. You would just put those duties off to them. Yeah. I mean, each each class has their own thing. But essentially, you know, the point is, like, you know, there's support, there's tank, there's that sort of thing. So, you know, you could always just get something similar and, and have one of the characters responsible for it. So maybe that's mm. the case. Anyway, Galaxy of Pen and Paper by Behold cool. Studios is currently on Steam for... <laughs> I'm on the wrong page. I think it's nine ninety nine. That sounds right. Galaxy... Really? Of... Do it, Pen. man. Of... And... fourteen ninety nine. Fifteen bucks. Gotcha. Uh, on Steam for uh, m- uh, Windows and Mac. So, no, no, there one, sorry. There is actually a bundle that you can get for, it's you get 10% off overall, uh, and it's only a couple dollars more, $16.18, and you get Galaxy of Pen and Paper plus Knights of Pen and Paper and Knights of Pen and Paper 2. So, actually, I would highly suggest getting the, the that bundle for only a couple dollars more that's that's not bad yeah uh you what else is not bad eric uh is it the peep show going to the peep show please give all your attention to early access This week on Peep Show, we're talking about Epic Tavern. Epic Tavern is by Hyperkinetic Studios. Um, it is a sim management type of game, where a tycoonish um, type of game. Basically, you are put in charge of this tavern after your parents uh, have perished uh, years ago, uh, saving the world. And this used to be their tavern where you used to like base their shit out of. Uh, you eventually, as you get to be an adult you get the tavern and it's your job to renew its former glory uh by appeasing patrons recruiting some of them to be heroes going out on uh quests for you um getting money and whatnot to to upgrade your tavern it isn't early access so some things are just not available yet um obviously and there might be some bugs there might be some uh, assets that just aren't completely finished yet but the, I like the, uh, I like the idea of it, and I, I yeah. played some of it, um, you know, as, as as much as I could because, like I said, there are some things that are just not in, implemented yet, for <clears throat> since it is early access. But uh, right before this, you were talking about management games. Obviously, this is not like an Excel spreadsheet simulator, like what you were talking sure. about. Sure. But how do you feel about this type of genre? Ah oh, man, it's not for me. Um, it's just um, I don't know. I always get. I feel like if I'm not kind of on 
uh, like a, a, a linear path to do something from start to finish where there's like a definite end then I just don't I don't know like just it's it's the same thing with like some city games or like roller coaster tycoon or I don't you know like, I just you don't like the creative aspect of this no like I don't I feel like if I wanted to create something I could create something and be happy with it I don't want to do that with a video game you know, like Minecraft I've never played Minecraft really so and I probably never will the last that very, person on earth to not play Minecraft I just, I just there's no game there to me like it's just uh it's like, oh, do whatever you want. That's the game. I'm like, yeah, that's not a game to me. I'm like that. That's I just go outside and do whatever I want. Get I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want now. Like I don't. <laughs> can you though? Because I. I can't. mean, you know, for the most part, I feel. I mean, I guess you have the choice to do whatever you want, but can sure. you? Sure. Really? Um, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> unless if I'm reading this incorrectly, so like, kind of the whole idea is that you send people off to go do stuff, and then they come back to tell that grand story. Well. <clears throat> They don't just go off and do stuff. When you send a party out to complete quests, because the other thing that you do as you talk to the patrons is that they'll give you these quests. Uh, like the first thing that you do is to clear out rats because that's like the first thing you do. That's it's usually like what you do in an RPG. Obligatory, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, they point that out, by the way. It's not like they're, you know, they're, they're being... It's on the nose. Yeah, they're being on yeah. the nose about it on purpose. Um, but anyway, you actually, you gather your party, you equip them or whatever, uh, you level them up, and then you send them out on these quests and they'll actually it's more of a uh, calculated risk type of game because there's a lot of random dice rolls involved right um, so it's like oh this is a percentage you have a percentage this percentage of succeeding or failing um, and then based on that information you let them do whatever you want them to do um, but you actually are watching them go through the quest not not like it's not like an animated thing where like you're actually seeing I gotta sneeze again. <coughs> Beautiful. Quality shit right here, everybody. Sorry about that. Allergies, <laughs> man. But but you're seeing it kind of like on a on a um, on a like a uh, like a not a HUD. Why can't I think of anything? I can't. Man, my mind is broken. The UI. The yeah. You will just yeah. UI. There's a story um, log. Kind of like how you're seeing on screen now in the tavern, but in this case, it's on a map. Um, and you'll see them progress through the mission, and it'll give you updates. Like, this is what happened. Here's an encounter. They've Here's a trap that you... And you, you can, again, based on the percentages, like your, your different heroes have different abilities or different strengths and weaknesses. So you might... Oh, they found a trap. Um, so you would choose the adventurer who has the best... Trapping stat, ability, yeah. the best stat to, to to overcome that obstacle, that sort of thing. Um, you know, same thing with with creatures that you might come across and all that sort of stuff. And at the end, you get your rewards, you get your XP, come back, level up your people, um, you get funding for the tavern, you upgrade it. And that's the other part. Of, I I again, I mentioned before this segment started. Like I'm into the the statistics statistics in games and stuff like that. I, I just, I'm weird like that. I used to. When I was a little kid, I used to take all the encyclopedias off the shelf and then reorganize them. I did the same shit with like baseball cards and like Pokemon cards. Like I just, like I'm, I'm into like that kind of weird. I don't know how to say it, but anyway, you're a nerd. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I was into that sort of thing. So it hits home for me that way. But also, I like the whole idea of um, 
there's a lot of games where it's like tycoon games where you expand and upgrade your own little place uh, and, and you kind of grow it how you want make it how you want to look yeah. um, and, and manage it how you want and uh, I don't know if what, how that's, what that says about me how I like to play like these god games or managing games where I like to lord over everything uh, but but I like it I, and I'm surprised you don't either in that in that way for to be honest like I, I, I you have the you strike me with the personality that someone who would like to manage and then control like how it all looks and and works oh and flows, um, make it efficient. I mean I, I do that for my job yeah so I don't want to do that when I get home but like you have less not... control there because you're not like the CEO. You're just the, the no, manager. true. This is like you have like, um, you can do whatever. I think a lot of these games for me, what the problem is, is the um, is the the learning curve on a game like this. Since I'm not very familiar with it, like the learning curve for a game like this to me is extremely steep, mm-hmm. and that's daunting to me. So I. A lot of the time, it's like I'll, if I watch a video or I'll play a game for like ten minutes and realize that like wow, I don't understand any of this stuff and this tutorial is trash. I'm just gonna turn it off. I don't know if I would say this is like a, like a really if there hard... was a cool if there was like a good entry level like here's a baby's toy, Eric, go play with this baby's toy to get you into like these kind of simulated management games. I'd play that. I like playing with baby toys. I don't like. I I wouldn't say this is has a high difficulty curve. It's it's more just. I don't know, man. There's a lot of access, shit on screen now. Like, look <laughs> at all the shit. Like, well, being being early access, I don't know if they have a full, fully fleshed out demo. I was. It throws you into this like uh, intro yeah. sequence, but it's all like I don't know if it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's pre-scripted, so you just kind of like, it, and that's how it shows you. It just goes with it. Yeah. yeah, it shows you like this is what's happening, and and you just kind of like as it's going, you're like, oh, I see. But it doesn't actually tell you what to do. Like, um, what is this at the bottom here? The, the final profit? What's a profit? Pro- You're fucking with me. Yeah. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost went for that. Uh, they do give you a little bit of a tutorial as you're going once you're in the tavern aspect of it, as far as like how to get new quests and recruit people. Um, but again, I think it's all going to get fine-tuned as as early access goes. So, um, and this on Steam, which was the page I was previously on, is currently going for, uh, on Early Access. Where the hell's the price? Where's the price? Is it not going to give me the price? If it's an Early Access, there probably is no price. There should be a price. $24.99. $24.99, which actually I always hate saying like that might be too much because, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time and, and resources going to making the game. But for Early Access... In my mind, especially one that's not fully fleshed, like like I said, there's things that are just straight up missing from this. Right. Uh, like if you click on it, it's like come back later. You know. <laughs> it, yeah. Maybe don't have the price up the whole way. You can gradually increase it as you mm. include stuff, maybe. But anyway, that's just my. I can go either way about. It. Interestingly, this is uh, reviews on this are more sixty nine percent, which is weird to me. But I mean. It's still in early access, which a lot of these are. Yeah, a lot of these complaints are not a lot of game to be had. Uh, yeah. Great potential. Everything is under construction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, if that's the case, and you know it's going to be 
worked on and you, it's obvious that it's not the finished product whatever you're complaining about sure uh why even bother putting a negative review on it because people really? are idiots yeah so i i think the in this case the the reviews might be a little bit skewed yeah um which is I, unfortunate yeah i i trust me trust eric give that epic tavern a chance i i did not say that uh, well I'm I'll tell you what, though, it's on my mouth. wish list. It's putting, all on my wish list. I'm putting words in your mouth. That's you need to quit putting things in my mouth. Well, stop enjoying it so much. <laughs> stop opening your mouth. <laughs> uh, any last words on Epic Tavern? Um, it's it's okay if games aren't for you. It doesn't mean that they're bad. Just, yeah. Just like turkeys. <laughs> Did I do it right? I don't think I did it right. But you know us, we're going to do right. We're going mobile. We're going mobile. Oh. Huh? <gasps> this time on Going Mobile, we're getting framed twice. Uh, framed is a... <laughs> framed 2, actually, is the sequel to the game Framed. Pre prequel. Um, is it a prequel? It's a prequel, according to the website. Interesting. Um, it's an interesting kind of puzzle um, comic book style game where you're presented with uh, cells, like a comic strip is, and you have to rearrange the cells uh, that run from left to right to, so that the protagonist can make it through all the obstacles and traps that are in the way. Um, my favorite part about the, well, the first one anyway, is that uh, everything has an outcome, whether it be positive or negative. So regardless if you um, can mess it up, you know, six times in a row, there's always a uh, uh, there's always an outcome. There's always an animated outcome to the, the the way that you've set up the cells, which I thought was is pretty ingenious. So, um, yeah, cool. this it's so it's got a very good look to it uh it's kind of that film noir black silhouettes um i like the sneaking animations very uh cartoony <laughs> yeah you just hear the doom, 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 as it walks yeah it's uh it's a super uh it's a really it's one of those games where when you play it you're like yes this is a mobile game this game should be on mobile this is exactly why you have this touchscreen environment for this game right here. Boom. So, in my opinion, anyway. There's uh, actually very few of those games. So, one thing that might drive me nuts with this is if you get it wrong, which I'm sure... You, you have to start it all over again. And it yeah. seems like it's slow. Yeah. Which would um, probably be annoying. In the first one, there, there is like a quick button that you can just uh, kind of do a replay on. That'll kind of refresh everything. Mm. Um... But yeah, it can be kind of daunting at times, especially if because like in the first one anyway, there was one of the puzzles. It was there was 12, 14 different frames. So, I mean, if you do the math, that's what it's a lot of combinations. Uh, lot of combinations. Well, how's, like, the, how's the logic 40? in the puzzles? Like like when you look at it, is it obviously there needs to be challenge, but is it like right when you when you see the solution, you're like, oh, I get it. Or is it like I just randomly put shit together and got lucky? So my biggest problem ran into um, the angle. So obviously they're different cells uh, of a comic strip. So the angle of the cells can be different. 
trying to figure out what the angle is from going from one cell to another. Like there was one puzzle in particular where you were running down uh, basically a series of hallways and you're just essentially either trying to creep up behind the police uh, to either knock them out or to take their gun or something silly like that or um, just to avoid them completely. So the the angle of the cell, the, the, the shot of it, uh, was completely different from any of the other ones. So trying to figure out if he was going to be going left to right or from front to back or back to front, um, that to me is the most challenging part because it's, you're not, there's no real way to figure it out. Like it's trial and error. Um, so hopefully they, they may have, would have fixed that with the, the sequel, prequel. Okay. Yeah. There's, there definitely needs to be some sort of way to like skip through it. I think that that would be my main Concerned. Yeah, but um, I I really appreciate the concept. It's it's unique for a puzzler, um, in a sense. Like obviously, like moving moving windows around isn't necessarily original, but how it's presented in this way uh, with the comic book like action animation type thing is pretty right. cool. Yeah. So good job on Love Shack. I think it's three bucks. Um, so on the Apple store, it's on sale right now for one ninety nine. It's normally four ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. But so, okay. I think on Android, a, it's cheaper though, right? I think it's three uh, bucks on Android. You're cheaper on Android. Android's always cheaper. I'm surprised it's not free on Android, to be honest. A lot of, a lot oh, of games like you have to pay for on, on iOS, but are free on Android. Interesting. Yeah. That is Interesting. Uh, I'd have to uh, pull it back up. We discussed Which that a long do. time ago. It's just it has to do with how it has to do with the demographic. Like people that have Android are less willing to uh, pay, whereas iOS people tend to have more money and are willing yeah. to pay for games. So on the Google Play Store, it is four ninety nine. Oh, it is four ninety nine. On the Apple, ooh, weird. Uh, nope, four ninety nine as well. All right. Then. So it's same cost. So I was wrong. Where's the 199? Oh, launch 199 launch sale. So that doesn't make any sense. On their website, it says it's a 199 launch sale. Whatever the hell that means. Okay. It's all lies. It's all lies. Uh, well, you know so, what's not a lie? Saying goodbye. Saying goodbye because it is the end of the show. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us grow. Want to help us help indies. Please consider help, going to patreon.com slash Indie Game Riot and uh, giving us on a monthly basis, anywhere from a dollar on to a, however much you want to, to give to us every month. Um, it supports the show and, and as well as IRX. Um, you can get different upgrades, work on it full time, provide more content, which we're going to, uh, with Eric now on the team, we're going to uh, be seeing uh, more of hopefully. And uh, appreciate it. I always suggest like five bucks a month because all that is is one expensive coffee that you have to sacrifice. Uh, anyway, otherwise that you can uh, talk to us. Uh, you can suggest news, games to feature, people to interview, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can email us, contact at IndieGameRod.com. Uh, you can also go to Twitter at Podcast or Facebook.com slash Podcast. By the way, Eric now has an official Indie Game Riot Email. Just send me all those dick pics. You can send it to Eric at IndieGameRiot.com. Uh, pretty simple. <laughs> so uh, we'll get you those those business cards, baby. 
Oh. Hanging them out all around town. There you go. Uh, all right. I think that is it. Any last words? Um, keep on, keep on gaming. Well said. Well said. I don't have any words. I'm I'm a broken man right now. Keep on gaming. Anyway, say goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Doodle.